Welcome back to Mainstream Boy, hosted by your pal Jonathan from Those Movie Dudes. This week we're talking about The Kissing Booth 2 with Joey King and The Rental, directed by Dave Franco. It's a little bunny foo-foo hopping through the forest. Little bunny foo-foo gets shot by a hunter and dies. Flees out on the fucking trail. That? As I was saying, this was just a uh, variety pack. Goose Island Beer Company. I hate Goose Island. They suck, dude. I'm not a big fan of Goose Island. Their IPA Uh, tastes like dog shit. Yeah, it's not like they won the green can. Yeah, I hate that one. I, one. I, maybe if I revisited it, I wouldn't mind it. But I, every time I try it, because it's available fucking everywhere. Like down here, that's like one of the IPAs. Is it a main a, beer? I no, it's New, New York, as far as I know. It's okay. not main. Well, yeah, it's not. It's not great. No, it's not. But yeah, it I feel was like a variety it's just... pack. It ended up in the fridge, and then it comes with this pink one with passion fruit, and it's disgusting. It tastes like you're drinking liquid lipstick. I don't know what the fuck they're doing up there in that factory, but their beer sucks. You watched a movie this week, right? <clears throat> I watched a couple of movies this week, but I watched one movie in particular to your new segment. Well, I don't really care about the other movies because this is Mainstream Boy. Where, basically, I, Jonathan, host, and we talk about mainstream films, most of which... Hold on, wait a out. second. There's, oh. there's a fly down here. There's a fly down here somewhere. You really had oh. to screw up my intro because there's a fl- oh i missed i miss him he was right fucking there sorry okay their, their life is avoiding death go ahead <laughs> so i'll get him i'll get him by the end of the podcast you son of a bitch anyways guys uh welcome back to mainstream boy this is episode two we're talking about two films this week yet again and typically we would be talking about movies that come out in theaters but because of you know the china virus as Trump would say, which it's actually the coronavirus, if you want to be politically correct. We can't go to movies and theaters, maybe in Florida, because I believe they are opening up, but I'm not an idiot. So we are watching a Netflix original, which premiered on Friday, The Kissing Booth 2, and Spencer's film, The Rental, I believe, which I don't know where he watched it. I would say that I rented The Rental. Oh, wow. Ironic. Well, that's fascinating. You get it on iTunes, but it's also playing at uh, drive-ins uh, nationwide. Like, it was playing up here uh, for some reason. And this is a movie that typically would get released and I would say wouldn't get a distribution up here. But because of the whole pandemic, they're just desperate for any type of new movies. So, this was yeah, playing sure. at uh, drive-ins around here. I didn't go to it, unfortunately, just because I'm so fun. accustomed to. But I definitely would love to go to a drive-in at some point. Like, I, I, I missed the whole theater-going experience. And I've only been to a drive-in once. It was a... It was a Stephen King double feature of Pet oh, Cemetery so and of that, Christine. Dude. I've and that never was a lot been of fun. Oh, dude, it was drive-in. great. We just sat in the car for like four and a half hours. We brought our own food. We brought our own drinks, dude. We just sat back and just watched. These you just pay for the car load, right? Back You're back. just like, hey, here's pay, twenty dude. bucks. I didn't. I didn't pay because it was your neighborhood theater. Oh, did yeah. you get the whole car in for free? It was just Nate and I at in college in Bangor. Where was I? You were doing your own thing at, uh, at the time. I was probably hanging out with girls. Because I'm cool like that. Um, um, but yeah, it was it was the rental. It was a directorial debut of Dave Franco. No wrote, shit. Directed this movie. Yeah, it stars Allison Brie and Dan Stevens. You know, you may know Dan Stevens from Beauty and the Beast and The Guest I, and a couple. You really have to mention Beauty and the Beast, okay? Only because as you know, mainstream boy. You know, you got to oh, stick thank to you. the uh, appreciate the it. Show. 
Uh, I'll just get into this movie right now because I don't have a whole lot to say about it. And plus, you didn't watch it. And I know this episode, you just really want to get into the fucking kissing booth. Yeah, we have we have 30 minutes that most of it needs um, to be about the kissing booth, too. So. so real quick, I'll just give my quick thoughts of the rental. I just finished it today. Uh, this one is, like I said, directed by Dave Franco. And he wrote it with another indie filmmaker, uh, Joe Swanberg. Who, Swanson? Uh, he, no, Swanberg. He done, oh. He's done uh, Drinking Buddies. Uh, he did VHS. I mean, he's done a other like a uh, couple of these like low budget. He's a very uh, independent filmmaker, and it is about t- a uh, two couples rent a vacation home for what should be a celebratory weekend getaway. That mm. is the quick little premise. They uh, rent this Airbnb. It's like kind of on this like cliff's edge. Uh, they kind of just start doing drugs, hanging out, trying to have a good time. But they may notice that something about this rental is a little off. And then the movie kind of unfolds from there. So it's um, not about renting a movie. No, it's about... It doesn't uh, take like, place at a blockbuster. It's about just the typical day-to-day American of just renting an Airbnb. And how... Th- is it a horror movie? It is... Or like a thriller? A horror thriller, yes. Okay. The, f- the thing with this movie is it sets up these characters. These, like, I don't know, they're like in their, like, mid-30s. They're all, they're acting like they're teenagers. They go to this, like, remote Airbnb. They try to, like, they brought some Molly. They're trying to have a good time, trying to celebrate. Oh, but there's a little, um, uh, the two couples, there's a, there's a little, uh, you know, cheating going on between them. A little, uh, little, little wife swapping really? kind of thing. Yeah. So there's a little bit of tension there. And then the movie all of a sudden, in the last 20 minutes or so, it becomes a full-on slasher film. It, it just blows up from nothing. Oh, shit. It's so confusing. Yeah, it, it's just the movie had very inconsistent tones throughout, but I thought that Dave Franco did a good job in terms of just this is his debut film. He's been on a lot of film sets. I mean, he's been in this industry I mean, for as long as he probably has been alive. I mean, just by his family and James Franco being like a huge movie star. And Dave has kind of gone on to do his own thing as well. And he's directing. And I thought that he did a great job in terms of directing this movie because it looks really good. The cinematography is really good. The atmosphere is there. It seems like it's there's some tension. There's some uh, some thrills to be had. But it just doesn't do much with its setup, which is just kind hmm. of the unfortunate thing. Um it's you, just, you it's, think it's kind of yeah. underwhelming overall then? Because it does yes, sound cool. It sounds mainstream. It sounds very it, like yeah. kind of thriller mainstream, and at least the, the concept thing. It's like itself. You've, if you've seen horror films, you've seen slasher films, you've seen these movies of like these, this group of people go to this remote, remote cabin for a fun weekend. Like Think literally Evil Dead. Just in terms of like these friends, they go to the cabin, they want to have... Actually, no, yeah. that's the opposite because they're trying to get her off drugs. So maybe don't think Evil Dead. Think maybe just like your typical Friday the 13th. Cabin in the Woods? <laughs> Or, sure, cabin I mean, the, perfect. But not cabin like, in the woods. Okay. Yeah, I mean, not without like the sci-fi twist and everything. Right. But it's just like, and the movie does have a lot to say. I think the main message with this movie is just like, check out the place that you're renting. Like, <laughs> see how many like, five-star ratings it has. You know. Yeah. Check what the reviews are, and and check kind of every corner, nick and cranny of the rental, because you never know where they might hide a camera. Oh, and God. so it's just like it's kind of that thing. It's like it makes you second guess a little bit about just like mm-hmm. your surroundings, especially if you're like at this Airbnb. It's like you never know who is really the renter, who is behind the person on the app and what they have maybe over you by staying at like their property. And that's what the movie really has like um, some stuff to say about that kind of that aspect. But the characters are just really like thinly written. They do some really stupid decisions. It doesn't fully dive into the horror concept that it wants to. There's a lot of the violence is done off screen. It was worth watching. I think it was a solid attempt. I mean, as his directorial debut, I think he did an okay job. And it looks 
cinematically, I mean, it feels like a, a horror thriller. A lot of overuse and fog. It's he didn't write like the film. He wrote the film with uh, another mm. indie filmmaker. It's just, it just, it seems like Dave Franco has been a fan of horror films his whole life and wanted to make something that you have seen before, and that's that's what he did. It's got some good performances, but it, overall, it's it's just an okay movie. It, it doesn't do anything to the genre. It doesn't elevate anything, and I will honestly kind of forget that or forgot that I've even watched this in a couple of days. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two out of five. It was just. Oof. I was gonna say at least two and a half, but. I All was right. thinking two and a half. I, I hadn't really thought about it. It's pretty fresh in my mind, but just like it, it wasn't anything memorable, but I I could see that he has some chops. I think that he could make something uh, a little more meaningful, something a little more in his wheelhouse. Uh, this one, I think he was just, he was just, I don't know, having fun with his friends, trying to make his first movie, and he did a good job, and that's it's, what I'll give him, but it wasn't great. You know, I, props for making a film, but uh, it does exactly. sound very underwhelming. If you can't make good characters... That kind of takes a lot out of a movie, unfortunately. But thank you, Spencer, for taking part in the podcast, watching a film, and giving us a uh, pretty mediocre review. Appreciate that. Oh, oh um, uh, you know, you're saying the movie's mediocre. Your review was fantastic. All right. So this is the movie you guys have all been waiting for. If you've clicked on this podcast, you want to know, is The Kissing Booth 2 worth watching? Only one way to find out. I'm not going to tell you yet. But basically, it is a sequel to 2018's The Kissing Booth with Joey King. Finally turned 18, decided to, you know, make a film on Netflix. I'm uncomfortable watching it, personally. Um, But she's a high school senior named Elle who's juggling a long-distance relationship with her dreamy boyfriend, Noah. Okay, she's got college applications, uh, a new friendship with another new handsome classmate named Marco. Um, just a lot of conflict and drama coming into this this kind of teen Disney Channel-ish TV movie type. Uh... <laughs> and it is, dude. It's a fucking TV movie because it says on IMDb, and the first one uh, was the same way. It says TV-14. You only see that on like TV-made movies, TV movies or TV programming. And it's it doesn't even have yeah. a PG-13 or a PG. Uh, it's just TV-14. It's because it, the movie, the but difference between movie. this and I'd say like an episode of Hannah Montana is there's no laugh track, and that almost makes <sighs> it more cringeworthy. Because like I don't know if you've ever seen like iCarly, but there's some episodes no. of iCarly that are on YouTube and they're edited with no laugh track, and it's the most cringeworthy fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. I mean, you can do that on any show that has a laugh track. I mean, take Friends Big Bang or Theory, How I Met Your like... Mother, Big Bang Theory. <laughs> any the laugh track is the worst thing to exist in entertainment because it's just yeah. it's it's it, they're forcing you to laugh i hate it i hate that it's yeah except it's, it's on friends isn't it they use it on friends stuff. right okay there are some shows where you can tune it out like how friends, your mother how much your mother you can tune it out it's so unnecessary and they don't they don't need it whatsoever but yeah okay that was a little maybe that's why side, the office is such a good show because they don't use a laugh track laugh tracks yeah. Um, no, I see where you're coming from. Uh, but yeah, basically, the first half of this movie, there there's a lot of awkward scenes where they make just really PG jokes that just don't land. And that reminded me so much of just Hannah Montana episodes and stuff, which I loved Hannah Montana growing up, but I probably wouldn't watch it again now. No, but anyway, so this movie has a 30 critical, 30% critical score on Rotten Tomatoes, 43% that audience. High? It it's actually went 30? up. I, it went That's... up. <laughs> That's so much higher than I thought it was going to have. Yeah, it, dude. Okay, I don't know what the first, the first one has, one. though. You saw the first one, right? I did not like the first movie. 
The first one is is the worst movie I saw of that year. I think the movie came out in 2018, and it came out yeah. on Netflix. And I remember I, I, I just late at night, I put it on, and it was the worst, most cringeworthy movie I had ever seen. That's why I refused to even but bother I feel like you're so susceptible to cringe in films. Like, that always happens to you. It has a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, The Kissing Booth 1. Uh, 17% audience with a 58%. Yeah. Okay, so I am not in the, uh, the minority. And it's yeah. the only people that love this movie. I've got to be, like, middle school kids. Yeah, well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I, you know, I know a twenty-four-year-old girl that fucking loved this movie. So I, uh, <laughs> who, I yeah, Kylie loved this movie. Kissing Booth two. Yeah, that's well, both. She said she cried ten times during Kissing Booth two. So <laughs> that doesn't mean I. Oh, okay. Spencer's gone. But anyways, yeah, I'm gonna give, give the kind of the audience consensus here, but. Most people basically thought this was worth worse than the first film, uh, which was already considerably terrible. Um, people were also outraged that they made fun of Justin Bieber in this movie through some sort of cheap joke about depression and Lyme disease. And every review that I read were people just one out of ten scathing reviews of this film because of that joke, which I missed the joke. Where I don't remember are hearing you it. Reading your reviews, I read those on IMDb. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You don't read reviews on IMDb. What's the problem? <laughs> it's done by fan bases. It's done by uh these like group think people with agendas. Like that's why you see like Charlie's Angels, dude. When that movie came out, it automatically like 2.8, 2.9. Uh when any that of those was a like, fun movie. musical movies come out, like the documentaries on like One Direction, it had like a 1.8 on IMDb for no reason other than the fact it was just these like group think hate groups that just go in and just try to troll the rating system and that's what imdb well, reviews really are because anyone can write this review anyone can put a star uh, a one through ten rating system on it and uh it's just not accurate you want to get someone with an, a more professional like opinion and that's i'd say that's even with letterbox that's more imdb but it's more film fans it's more people with like common sense <laughs> but again this is mainstream boy and people who love mainstream films that star joey king on netflix are probably huge justin bieber fans so they're going to be offended if you make fun of justin bieber anyways okay, but, that's that's but, all i want i don't want to get into this very much i was just trying to give a quick little tidbit about the audience consensus because there's no there's no critical consensus yet that's why can we move on because there's a lot to get to with this fucking movie <laughs> There's not a lot to get to. With There's this a lot. Okay, You're this, just this film is directed by Vince Marcello, who's done other TV movies, the first of which was The Kissing Booth Part 1. This stars Joey King as Elle, Jacob Elordi as, you know, her boyfriend Noah, Joel Courtney as her best friend Lee, Taylor Perez as Marcus, the new, the new foreign exchange kid, and then some other fucking people as well. <sighs> I, I want to ask you... Kissing Booth 2, you know that her boyfriend is kind of off and on Boston. She's in her senior year. There's a new guy that's in town. What the fuck do you think happens with this movie? And I'm going to tell you if you're right. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> my guess is that they go away. He goes away to Boston, and then okay. she starts her next year, and she's like, oh, my God. And like, I'm, Everyone probably thinks it like broke up. And then she's like, okay, no. And then she probably thinks that he's cheating on her because she's he's friends with another girl. 
and then she probably goes to Boston and they hang out and then she probably finds something, thinks that they're going to like that he's cheating on her. She storms off. Then she probably gets in a relationship. And then next thing you know, they're fighting and it's a love triangle and then blah, blah, blah. You didn't. Did you read my my shit? Did you read my stuff? No, but I, what I will tell you is that I watched this movie. No fucking way, dude. You did not. I sat down last night. And I just <laughs> no I came way. up on Netflix. I did a fucking deep fucking sigh. Holy and I shit, play. dude. <sighs> Holy shit. You're lying. You're not fucking. No, I don't fucking believe you. You, didn't, you, you can ask not... me anything you want about the movie. I literally watched all two hours and 12 minutes of this dumpster fire. Oh, my God. It was a long fucking movie, dude. Why? It, I don't know, it did, dude. It, it had 17 different subplots, and it kept yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it kept did. going. And then you finally get two hours oh, and, like, three minutes me. in. You're like, wait a minute. They haven't even gotten to the kissing booth yet. Yo, exa- no, it was an hour and 45 minutes, and they finally, the kissing booth was open for business. An hour and 45 minutes into a two-hour and 12-minute TV movie with Joey King. It's just Holy the shit. ultimate cringe movie. I, and okay. it only exists to be that. There's no other point to it. I'd, but there, I there hate is. that term, dude. I hate that. It's There are some cringy scenes. Like, I think, for instance, some of the jokes that she makes with Marcus in, like, the first half of the film, like, at the locker. And then when he's, like, playing guitar out on Santa Monica Pier. That was fucking mad cringe. I hate that shit. But then in the 17-minute she... scene when, like, she's, like, on the intercom saying about how hot Mus- mm. Marcus guy is. And then he's, like, doing this, like, Ferris Bueller run to try to turn it off. And, that like, was I lead, think there's one scene yeah. he jumps down a, like a stairwell and i think there's maybe 46 cuts in that one jump <laughs> from so many different angles and different, yeah like, yeah speeds. i know but this is the vibe the movie's going for like i don't know you saw the first one i don't i really don't remember but i did not like that movie i did not like the movie but you know exactly like said, what you're getting the, into the first kissing booth is my least favorite movie of 2018 <laughs> i gave it a 0.5 out of 5 what i will say Holy about the shit. kissing booth 2 is I liked it more than the first one. I liked some of the side plots, and I didn't like. I and I hate to say it, but I think Joey King's the worst part of the movie. Her character, th- at least, her, at least her character sucks. She seemed more She's like stupid. a character. I don't remember the first one at all, and I could be completely wrong when I said it. But it's she seemed a little bit more of a character in that movie. This one, she just seems like. Oh my god, I'm in a movie that's so like popular right now. Like I can do whatever I want and it'll be fucking hilarious and great. And well, I'm the like f- the first Whoa. one she kind of starts out as as the innocent girl and then it's like the really hot guy that would only go for the popular girls goes for her, which has been done a million times. I think so. that Joey King's a great actress though. I mean, we've seen her in so many other movies where I think she does give like really good performances, The Conjuring, for example. I know she yeah. was a lot younger She's, in it. Was amazing. She, it was amazing. One, one of the, of the kids, most horrifying she, scenes of that yeah, movie was one with her. scene in particular. It's her reaction, and it gives me like chills. It's just like it's yeah. so authentic and re- it feels real. And her performance is is fantastic. This type of movie, this like broy like teen rom com. I mean, she, she just like the writing. I think it just doesn't suit her. Not at all. She's no. She's maybe trying to improv a little bit or do something that's fun and like she's. It looks like she's genuinely having a fun time on the sets and with these uh, with with her cast and stuff. But it just doesn't translate well to the movie whatsoever. It just it takes you out of it. It's like oh my god, she just is trying to do what she thinks is the funniest thing in the movie. 
it's and, like, yeah. Oh. And a lot of 95% of the time those jokes fall flat. There are a few scenes that I did think had some kind of like heartfelt moments. Like for instance, I'm going to mention a few scenes that I did like because the one on the beach with, uh, with the guy who's in love with, with, uh, like the, the gay couple that, and he's like, I really want to talk to this guy and tell him how I feel. And she's like, do it. Like, why the hell not? And then there's another scene later in the film where that kind of comes to fruition. That was like the best scene of the movie. Sure, remember but that like scene? This, that just brings me back to the point is like there's 17 different subplots in this movie. If you take right, that right, right. subplot in the movie, it's probably five to ten minutes of the Kissing Booth too that that you're invested in the, in these characters, this love interest and stuff. It's like uh, really, <laughs> like let's focus here. Like let's right, get I to know. the point. It's just like it's so. What was the point of this movie? All over the place. What was the main the point, point of this movie? Is that long distance doesn't work. And it's hilarious watching that <laughs> because in like, movies, it she, doesn't work. I guess not because she goes yeah. to school like, uh, and she's like, Oh my God, you guys broke up. And she's like, no, she's just, he just went to college. <laughs> and yeah. I'm here. Oh, so you guys broke up. Okay. Those hot, the, the, not, I'm not Who even saying hot girls, movies? the fucking, uh, the mean girls crew, the, the worst, OMGs. the yeah. OMGs were just literally like the most, I don't even know how I to can't say, say it. it but I, Cause you don't want me to say it, but it's cringe. It's just like, it's so like, just, yeah. Oh, like where they were the most like Disney Channel version that they could possibly be, like like out of the fucking burn book Mean Girls. Like I don't even know how to describe it, but they were horrible. Just just fucking terrible. I hated them. Uh, but and that entire this whole movie instead of being based on a kissing booth was based off of a DDR competition that she lured her friend Lee to do with her so she could save up enough money to go to college away from him after she agreed to go to college with him at UC Berkeley. So the whole movie is her just kind of like being a total bitch and deceiving her best friend for a guy she's been dating for 5 months. So there was a scene that made me audibly laugh out loud not because it was intentional. Uh, okay. But it was because there's a scene. Finally, she gets a plane ticket and gets to go to Boston. Gets to go visit her boyfriend long distance. So exciting, yeah, yeah. and and it does capture. It's like yeah, that like that that is a big thing. Like that's like, very exciting. And then, for her, who probably hasn't left California for a time, yeah. And then she they they get together, and then I I respect that they actually brought a camera crew uh, with the with the cast, and they actually went and shot around Boston because it's very they're they're in on they're in Boston shooting. Yeah. They're in Boston, of course, but they. In one day, they do everything that you could possibly <laughs> think to do in Boston. They go visit Paul Revere statue. They go to the North End. They go on duckboard, uh, duck boat tours. They rent a boat. They go sail in the harbor. Everything in they one afternoon. They go to an Irish pub and get drunk. <laughs> they go to the Red Sox game. They uh, Then they go out with their friends at night. It's just like you, I've, I've been visiting Boston in a long-distance uh, relationship for four years of my life, and I don't think we did anything. All of those things in those four years, <laughs> they do it all together in, <laughs> in like one in an afternoon, fucking day in a yeah. four minute montage of them just running around like eighty style, like yay, we're in Boston, holy shit! It probably cost them like six thousand dollars in in like uh, tourist fees. It's just like what? <laughs> <laughs> but it, like they were like, movie? we're in Boston and we have to take advantage of it. What's cool to do in Boston? Let's but do it's a fucking three, everything. It's a three minute montage scene. Yeah, I know. In a two-hour and 12-minute movie, the editor and the writer needs to be fired from the Kissing (laughs) Booth 3. 
Dude, there is going to be a Kissing Booth 3 because you know this movie is going to get so much traffic on Netflix. I'm telling you. Well, here's the thing. Here's my question to you. Did you see uh, the latest article that broke on Variety? It actually broke maybe an hour ago or an hour or two ago. You haven't heard this. No. Five hours ago, Variety, Film News. The Kissing Booth 3, filmed in secret, will debut on Netflix in 2021. Oh my god, dude. They filmed them back to back? Just a few days after The Kissing Booth 2 debuted on Netflix, the streaming service announced a third movie in the teen romance franchise is in the works. Holy shit. It was the hardest secret to keep, Joel Courtney said. Despite negative reviews of critics, The Kissing Booth series has been wildly popular among teen audiences on Netflix. Oh my god. Okay, so yeah. It was filmed in secret, and uh, it's coming out next year. So it's already shot. I thought you were going to say, like, it's coming out next week. It's going to be a three-hour and 30-minute, like, epic of the kissing booth saga and it's going to be her deciding am i what college am i going to go to am i going to please my best friend or am i going to go and try to have a life with a boyfriend who knows what she's going to do i think i think neither she's going to end up do her own thing because that's what every independent woman needs to do they don't need a man she's going to maybe go to boston and be like i'm not feeling it and then I'm going to go back to California, and then she's going to just find her way as Joey King in the kissing booth. And I hope to God there's no kissing booth in the third movie, because it really is just a MacGuffin. How do you do that in the third movie at that point? Why do you need another kissing booth? It, bar- it had no place in this movie whatsoever. They could have called it something else. They could have called it, it Joey King sucks. It felt like the, they forgot. They're like, oh, shit, like, this movie has like a kissing booth. It, 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 shit. Yeah. <laughs> Let's tack that on to the last 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> oh, my like, God. The Oh, man. It's basically the only way to kind of – the conflict in the movie is only resolved by the kissing booth. Yeah. You know? And I but guess the it, characters are so fucking stupid in this movie. Well, yeah. He brings the girl home with him on Thanksgiving – Knowing what that he's was that have scene? Also, Molly Ringwald is in Joey King, his ex-girlfriend. He brings this girl, and the whole purpose behind it was, oh yeah, just I wanted you guys to be friends. Yeah, I hate that. Hate that. As they're walking around at like a football game with arms around each other in front of them, it's just yeah. Like what is these that? Characters dude? make the stupidest decisions. They're not characters. They're just written to exist within this movie, so they could hit every cliche trope possible. It's I think honestly, so I think Marcus bad. got fucked, dude. She should have picked Marcus. He was hundred percent the better guy. I'm telling you, don't you think he has more in common with her? I mean, he can do DDR with her for nine weeks, nine weeks to prepare for he that competition. Only, he he only existed to be the like love interest or like the second or just to cause the dilemma, the conflict. He's only there to exist that for the script, and he, it's very clear because that's the only way they know how to use him. But yeah, I mean, he was probably like he had more charisma than this other dude. And he was a uh, great guy. Boyfriend. I would love uh, to hang out with Marcus. His performance though just drove me nuts though, because it always seemed like he had a secret, but he wasn't going to tell you. Like that was just his permanent like expression on his face, <laughs> just like this like smirk grin. He's like, I know something that you don't know, and you're never going to know. Fuck you. Like that was literally his look <laughs> in the whole movie, and it just and his performance is just like it. it just oh. honestly, both guys seem like just honestly genuinely nice dudes and i feel like joey can't like even noah like when she was accusing him of stuff she was just facebook stalking this girl and making something out of nothing yeah this this one yeah but i i I got exactly what i thought this movie was gonna be out of it so me too i just got a bunch of extra side plots that i 
didn't need. I wish this movie had just gotten rid of the DDR competition. Get rid of that and just focus more on the kissing booth. It's called the kissing booth. Talk about the kissing booth, you know? Ah, oh, fuck me, dude. Yeah, this was this was kind of a shit show. I uh, I made it through it. I cannot believe this movie was two hours and 14 minutes. It could have been an hour. Or just make, you know, kind of like a uh, like a rehashed Degrassi rerun series like came out on Netflix uh, probably two years ago. This would be kind of perfect like that instead of, uh, you know, three films with Joey King. Yeah. But it's not my worst movie of the year currently. It is, I believe, my third worst. I don't remember what the second one is. What but... movies have you seen in this year that are that's worse than this? Fantasy Island was fucking okay. dog shit. Haven't seen that. I'm not going to. It but is yeah, okay. That, that's a good competition. Honestly, What's the second one? Uh, let me double check because I'm pretty sure Kissing Booth isn't the second to worst. Right here. That's shocking. That there's two oh, yeah. movies that you I put it all right. I put it above Scoob because Scoob was a crime against humanity. No, 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 no. no I thought no, it was. No, I thought no, there were no, more no, redeeming no. moments in the Kissing Booth two than Scoob. Personally, oh fuck off! No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, are you joking, dude? No, I'm not. I genuinely, I gave the Kissing Booth two a two two stars. Two. That's my review. I gave it two. What? Stars. Yep. Two. I gave it the same rating you just gave. You've um, given the, the Kissing rental. Booth 2 higher than, like, Armacord, higher than Rashomon, yeah. higher than all of these fucking acclaimed-ass movies. I'm fucking mainstream, boy. Two? I don't know what you expect from me. There were redeeming two scenes in here five? that I smiled. There was actually the scene on the beach okay, with Marcus okay. where he's kind of, like, serenading her. It cuts off way too short, but the, I actually felt something during that scene. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good. <laughs> I don't know which. I don't know I which just... character I was like feeling myself within. It was probably her, but that's that's it, crazy. All right. there, yeah, that that scene probably brought it up a full star for me personally. Damn. So, yeah. Okay. Two um, stars well, for fucking kissing Booth too. <laughs> as I said earlier uh, in this review, I gave the first kissing booth a zero point five out of five, and I mentioned that I like this movie. A little bit more than this one. So I am going to give this a 0.5 out of 5. Uh, this one Come is on. just... Tack it up. Give it us. A... There has to be give one... Me one... Give me one reason to go 1 out of 5. One good reason for me to give this a 1 out of 5. Molly Ringwald was it. in the movie. Nope. I gotta have to do better than that. She's in um, one scene of the movie. Has maybe like three sentences of dialogue. Fuck. Doesn't count. Fuck. Doesn't fuck, count. Fuck. 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 Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Come know, on. dude. I don't know. Just um, one reason. One reason. You gave how about, two Okay. How about five. this? How about this? The movie. You at least have two. The reasons. movie was written well enough to have a full written circle well conclusion, because it starts out with her on the California coastal highway or whatever on a motorcycle, and then it ends. In the same place. I thought it was nice how they brought the movie full circle. I appreciated that. Waves did it so much better. Obviously, it was my favorite movie of last year. Like, that was a fucking okay. phenomenal film. All right. I'm, I'm just saying, they did it, and it was kind of cute. One out of five. All right. I'm glad I, I'm, there you go. I did something. I feel I'm proud of myself. I'm still giving it as a point five out of five. Okay. Um, I'm going to cut that out. But, yeah, thanks, guys, for uh, watching Mainstream Boy chapter two if you watch the kissing booth make sure to kind of just leave a comment on podbean or 
Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I checked. Those are actually the only three places our podcast is available, by the way, Spencer. It's not on Google Podcasts or anything No, we have Stitcher. to actually click a box or something for it to be on oh, Google Podcasts. Oh, interesting. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah, that's that's, main, or that's, uh, that's mainstream boy. You're right. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Uh, make sure to check us out on Instagram at those movie dudes where we post all of our bullshit. Um, our main platform is podcast. Go on there, please. For the love of God, re- leave us a review. Nobody's left one yet. We've said it so many times. Just we have three people that gave us five something. stars on iTunes. Really? Yeah, I saw I think, that. There was sure three ratings on iTunes. Nate? I, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, it might have been me. I don't know, honestly, but. I haven't rated it on iTunes, so I, I, I didn't know if that was like you guys or something. I it's just saw where I listen, three. but I, I'm gonna double check. Um, right. But yeah, well, if you haven't rated it five stars on iTunes, yeah, go on or I, four. You know, if you don't use three. iTunes, who the fuck are you, man? Jesus. Um, but want. yeah, so you know, if you don't, if you don't go leave a review, then probably Nate's gonna come to your house and watch you sleep, and I'll be right there behind him. Um, I'm also gonna do another little shameless plug here for a little Twitch channel, Spencer. Well, before you do that, I mean, what's what's going on next week? Oh, shit. Yeah, this, that's more important. So next week, we are going to be watching, what is it called? Yes, oh, yes, God, yes. If it's available on demand, because I don't know. Uh, it's hard, hard to tell which movies are going to be available on demand. I don't have it the says right it's, website It says it's going to be out on the 28th. So Does it? Okay. On well, Rotten Tomatoes, that's 28th. what it said. Okay, well, that's, that's in two not days. Next week, next, yeah, next Friday is the thirty-first, and from the schedule, there's a Russell Crowe movie called Unhinged. I don't know if that movie got delayed or if it got pushed to VOD, but it has Russell Crowe is in this like road rage movie. It looks kind of fun, little cheesy road rage movie with Russell Crowe. I'd I'd watch it if it was on demand. Um, I'm fucking I don't down. know if it is though. Uh, and then there was another movie called Shadow of Violence. It looks like it's kind of this game movie. Uh, and then yeah, there's a movie with uh, the girl from stranger things called yes god yes coming out next week on demand so i don't know anything and about and the girl that. from 13 reasons why which i watched the first episode of season four fuck me man why is that show still on why do they make another season of 13 reasons why never watched it never will um but yeah those are the three movies in contention for july 31st and it looks like august there's a little bit more uh, new release movies coming out, and uh, the, maybe even by September with the VOD, so this podcast can continue with garbage. Yeah, but if you guys are you know into mainstream films, if you like going to the theaters like I do, you know typically I would have AMCA list. I'm just going to see movies like you know Black Widow, Mulan, Avengers Endgame on a weekly basis, getting popcorn, you know, making my dad spend a hundred bucks on dinner. Um, it's you know, I miss it. I really genuinely miss it, but I'm not going to go to a theater and wear a fucking mask the whole time. But you should wear a fucking mask if you're going outside, going anywhere. Wash your fucking hands. Wear a mask. Don't be a fucking idiot. There were 10,000 new cases in Florida yesterday, and I don't blame myself. I blame you. Whew. Spencer. Hey. I have a Twitch channel, and you're on there. Cool. If you want, sure. if you're into My Fortnite... GTA, Red Dead, Overcooked, or just a game of your choice. Go ahead and leave a comment on the stream on what game you want us to play. I'm down. We're just going to be on there dicking around, most likely Tuesdays and Thursdays, 8 to 10 p.m. That's the schedule I'm going with right now. But you can follow us on Twitch at Ups and Downs, UPSNDNS, and Twitter, UPSNDNS1 as well, to know when our uh, Twitch streams are going live. If you're into that type of thing, 
a little bit out of left field. But uh, yeah, I'd appreciate it if you go in there and give it a follow. Give me some followers. I would love that. And obviously, check out at those movie dudes on Instagram. That's the most important thing. Anything else you want to say, Spencer? Uh, there's a new segment coming out every Wednesday called the Criterion Corner, where Nate and I kind of dive into a specific criterion every week. We do a little analysis of the film itself. We talk about the first time we watched it. We go into the details of the special features and some booklets that are attached with the Criterions when you buy them. Just had the Barnes & Noble 50% off sale. Uh, went today. Got seven Criterions. So Holy I, shit. We definitely have content to last us for a while. Nate, I think, has 78 Criterions. So uh, Fuck, we got man. some content, and we're going to be going back, revisiting these Criterions, and doing a little in-depth analysis uh, for each Criterion. New episodes every Wednesday, the Criterion Corner. What is the uh, movie for the first episode? Uh, no, the first episode is going up August 5th. It's Eraserhead. So oh. a week and a half from uh, when we're recording it right now. But uh, David Lynch's Eraserhead, because that was the first Criterion that Nate bought. And uh, the second week, a little... little well, announcement, it's going to be Mulholland Drive, which was the first Criterion that I bought. We both bought David Lynch movies for the first Criterion. So that Fantastic. is the ones that we're going to be revisiting for episodes one and two, which will come out on Wednesdays, yeah. starting August 5th. So if those movies are up your alley, check out the Criterion Corner every Wednesday. And, uh, you know, if you're up to, you know, if you like mainstream films, Kissing Booth 2, glad you're listening. Um, but yeah, anyways, thanks again for watching, guys. I'm Ben's your boy. That's going to do it for me. Wear a mask. Stay the fuck inside. To the world. I don't fucking like that you took Toodles away from me because that was my thing when I ended every episode. I always just went, and that's it for me, and Toodles. And now that's what you say, so that's that's frustrating. But this is my show, fuckhead. Well, Toodles. This has been Mainstream Boy. We'll see you next week.